Welcome to the Broadcast Storm, episode number 106, Understanding Administrative Distance. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Wallace, and in this episode of the Broadcast Storm, I thought we would chat about a topic on the new CCNA exam, exam 200-301. That's the exam that comes out February the 24th of 2020. And one of the topics on that exam, and it's not a new topic by any means, but it's a critical topic to understand, is administrative distance. So let's chat about administrative distance. Sometimes we abbreviate that as AD, and what administrative distance is, is the believability of a routing source. You see, a Cisco router might know how to get to a particular network from different sources. Maybe the RIP routing protocol is running on that router, and RIP says, I know how to get to the 10.1.1.0/24 network. Maybe OSPF, EIGRP, maybe we have other routing protocols running on that router that also know about that network. Maybe we've gone in and statically configured the network, or maybe it's directly connected. Well, which routing source do we believe? The router is going to believe the routing source with the lowest administrative distance. So let's start with the lowest of all administrative distances, and that's a network that's directly connected. That's very believable. We don't get more believable than being plugged into a router interface and having that interface have an IP address on that network. By definition, we are connected to that network. So that's very believable. And that directly connected network is going to have an AD of zero. And almost as believable as being directly connected is to statically configure a route. As administrators, we can go in and statically say, if you want to get to this network, go here as your next top IP address. And that has an administrative distance of a 1 compared to a directly connected network with an administrative distance of a 0. And as we start to consider our routing protocols, Coming in with an administrative distance of a 20 is eBGP. That's external BGP. Now you might think, well, if I'm running BGP and I'm also running OSPF or EIGRP in the enterprise, am I going to be looking to BGP all the time? No, this is just for external BGP. It has an AD, an administrative distance of a 20. You're probably not going to be fighting it out for the most believable route here. If a network is in your enterprise, you probably know about it through some interior gateway writing protocol like EIGRP or OSPF. If the network is beyond your autonomous system, it's in another autonomous system, then we're probably learning it via BGP or a static route. So generally, the relatively low administrative distance of a 20 for external BGP doesn't really make that beat some other writing source. That's usually the primary writing source for external networks. But I have seen some very large companies that run iBGP, internal BGP, within their network. It's not nearly as believable as external BGP. I'll go ahead and tell you that administrative distance now. It is a whopping 200. And that's going to be beaten by all of our other interior gateway protocols like RIP and OSPF and EIGRP and ISIS. And just to review up to this point, directly connected networks, AD of zero. Statically configured, 80 of 1. eBGP, 80 of 20. Now let's get into some of our more common interior gateway writing protocols like EIGRP. It has an AD of 90. And by the way, that's for internal EIGRP. You see, we could have a couple of companies that merge, let's say. We were running EIGRP. This other company was running OSPF. Now that we've merged, we're redistributing their OSPF networks into EIGRP. That means those networks learned from OSPF and injected into EIGRP. Those show up as external EIGRP routes. 
And when I say EIGRP has an AD of 90, I'm specifically talking about internal EIGRP. External EIGRP, in other words, a network that was injected into EIGRP from another autonomous system, that has an AD of 170. So it's not nearly as believable. But within our autonomous system, if we're not redistributing into EIGRP, it has a really attractive AD of 90. And when I ask my students what protocol they run inside their network, by far the most popular internal gateway writing protocol they tell me is OSPF. OSPF has an AD of 110. That means if I had a router that was running simultaneously both EIGRP and OSPF and they were both providing route information to the router, an EIGRP learned route would beat out an OSPF learned route and it's the EIGRP learned route that would be injected into the router's routing table. We might also be running intermediate system to intermediate system or ISIS in our network. We might see it in data centers. We might see it in service provider environments. And ISIS has an AD of 115. What about RIP, the Routing Information Protocol? I'm not a huge fan of RIP personally. It's not terribly scalable. It can take a long time to converge. It's sort of chatty. And it's not as believable as some of our other routing protocols. It has an AD of 120. Now let's sum up all of the ADs that we've talked about. Directly connected, zero. Statically configured, one. External BGP, 20. Internal EIGRP, 90. OSPF, 110. ISIS, 115. And RIP, 120. We also had external EIGRP, that's 170. And internal BGP, that's 200. And let's say that we've got some network that is normally known to us by OSPF, as an example. But if that OSPF learned route goes down, it becomes unavailable for whatever reason, we know an alternate way to get there. And we can set a static route to point us in that alternate direction. But we don't want to use that static route until the OSPF network disappears. How could we do something like that? Well, I said that a static route has an AD of 1. It does by default, but as part of our configuration, we can specify an administrative distance value for that static route. I could say the administrative distance is some number greater than 110, let's say 111. And that way, that static route that I configured with an AD of 111, it's not going to be injected into the IP routing table unless that network learned by OSPF disappears. And at that point, it's going to be the next best candidate, and it's going to be injected into the IP routing table. And on that note, we'll wrap up this episode of the Broadcast Storm. I hope you enjoyed this look at a fairly basic concept, but it's definitely a concept we need to know. And it's a concept that's specifically identified for the upcoming CCNA. And I thought throughout these next few weeks and months, I would be doing some other podcast episodes that targeted a specific line item from that CCNA exam blueprint. I hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to spending time with you again on the next episode of The Broadcast Storm. Broadcast Storm.